Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. My mom used to say, You are only as happy as your most unhappy child. And I never really knew what she meant until now. And I've got teenagers, and they get emotional, and they flunk a test, or they don't make a team, or they fall on their dismount at nationals, as my son recently did. How do you help your children? Because we want them to be independent. We want them to learn to sort of take their lumps. But we also want to smooth it out the way we did when they were five. Here to tell us about how to do that is Dr. Arthur Lavin. He's a pediatrician in private practice and the chairperson of the American Academy of Pediatrics Committee on Psychosocial Aspects of Child and Family Health. Dr. Lavin, I know that we're talking about children of all ages, but it certainly is different, right? When we talk about helping little kids with these setbacks versus helping teenagers or a little bit older kids, yes? Uh, thank you, Molly. First of all, thanks for having me on the show. I'm glad to speak to parents about these important issues. Uh, I think to start with, uh, we want to talk about the distinction between trauma and disappointment. Um, a lot of parents, all parents, care very deeply about their children and are, I think, very careful about wanting to make sure uh, that their children don't experience traumatic events, which we support entirely. Uh, but I think sometimes there's a confusion between a traumatic event and a disappointment. By a traumatic event, I mean a, an experience uh, experienced by a child that leaves them with uh, a permanent change in their psychological makeup. Um, these are usually very harmful events. Uh, a disappointment is when you reach for something and you don't make it. And uh, those, those events can be uh, upsetting, but they're not traumatic. And, and the difference is seen in, in uh, the effect over time. So if you have a, a sad event like getting a poor grade on a test, that is... Uh, I put in the category of disappointment because something you can do something about, you can recover at the next test. Um, you have the power to change the experience, in other words. So it doesn't leave a permanent break in the person's uh, psychological experience. Whereas if there was something more significant in the child's life, more harmful, I should say, such as abandonment or something you know, worse, then that's something the child has very little power over and causes uh, a, a real uh, permanent mark on their, uh, on their psychology. So I think as we start off thinking about this, I'd like to frame the concept of setback as disappointments rather than traumas. That's, that's an important point because it frees parents up to be able to have this discussion. Now we can talk about what do you do about disappointment. Now we can get to your question, Melanie, which is uh, what about the difference between disappointments in young childhood and older children? And I think the difference speaks to the fundamental nature of disappointment, which is that it's really in the child's hands to do something about. So traumas are in the hands of parents to make sure they don't happen to their children, but disappointments are experiences that we all have that require the person who is disappointed to actually manage them. And little children manage their disappointments much differently than older children. We can talk about that if you like. Well, they do, and, and I remember, Dr. Lavin, the first time my son lost a card game or a board game we were playing, and he got really upset, and he smacked me. And this is the sweetest kid you ever saw. And I went, whoa, 
whoa, you know, and then my husband and I really talked about it and sat down with him and was like, you know, sometimes you don't win every single game. And we were at a loss. I mean, that had not ever even occurred to us that he would have trouble not winning a game. So it's an interesting thing. Why don't you start for us with those little guys, with those kinds of things like maybe being left out of a, a circle at recess or losing their first game or any of those kinds of things that little guys go through. And then we can head up to the uh, older kids. Sure, Melanie. So that's a great example that you gave about hitting someone after losing a game. It has all the elements of uh, disappointment and um, setbacks that we want to talk about in there. So it's a great starting point for us. Uh, in your story, what I noticed is that the... Uh, the child um, didn't get his way. So that that happens in all sorts of ways. It happens around food choices. happens around, you know, uh, if there's siblings, another child being given a toy. Uh, it happens in your example uh, with the game being lost. In all these situations, uh, the common theme is that the child didn't get their way and then did something, took an action that the parents disapprove of. Those those actions are always surprising, you know, pushing a sibling or yelling at someone or hitting you if you lose a game. They always come as a surprise. And, um, and and parents often wonder, where did that come from, just as you said. So one of the things I want parents to know is it came from being a child. So for little kids, um, acting out or doing strange things, unanticipated behavior is, is part of the program. Kids, after a year and a half, their minds are suddenly flooded with all sorts of awareness that they didn't have before when they were little babies about how things could be different than they are. So they're really uh, experiencing disappointment in its full experience for the first time. You know, six-month-olds may be disappointed not said right away, but it's not the same thing. They're not thinking how things could be different no. in such a complicated manner as an, an 18-month-old and older. So for one-and-a-half to three- or four-year-olds, you might, the parents should count on being their child respond to disappointment in surprising ways. So what do parents do when they have these surprising results, these surprising behaviors? There's some very specific things that make a big difference for everybody. The first is you want to ask two questions that will surprise your child and invite them into a discussion with you. The first is you can say actually an observation, which is, I see that you, and then describe the behavior. In this example, you would say, I see that you hit me when you lost the game. You want to do that in a very neutral fashion. Uh, it's not, you're not upset. You're not punishing. You're just observing. And the second comment is a question, and it is, uh, I think you did that because you lost the game. Am I right? Those two uh, statements, one, observation that what, about what they did, and the second, an interpretation about why they did it, will be, uh, serve as a, a creation of a foundation of of agreement between you and your child. They'll be surprised that you're not angry. They'll be interested in what you have to say next. And here's the most important part of this idea. Uh, you come to your child at that point next with this question. Next time you lose the game, what would be a better way to let us know that you're disappointed? And let your child answer the question. So often parents feel as though they have the answer. And let's face it, we often do. But it's important your child be given the opportunity by you to come up with an answer. And when you do that, uh, you have the foundation of agreement with the first two statements, and then you give the child a chance to respond to your question. You lay the groundwork for your child finding other ways to respond when they do get disappointed. Laying the groundwork 
for them to deal with these things in a very healthy manner is really our job. Dr. Lavin is to help them navigate the twists and turns of life. So now they're teenagers and everything is such a bigger deal and so emotional. And recently, as I said in my intro, my son fell on his dismount at nationals and gymnastics and he's a rings guy and he was fine with it. He was totally fine with it. And he's like, "Eh, next year, you know, maybe we'll get it next year. And I just think that hopefully it's because of what we did. But my daughter, who's 16, deals with things in a little different way. What about our teenagers? Because everything is much bigger, much more emotional. Well, it's bigger, but it's the same. It's the same because the way any of us have to deal with our disappointments, including us as full-grown adults, is really the same story. It's how do you help a person who's disappointed find a path forward? And again, we're all, all of us are so tempted to do that work for the people we love. It's a natural you know, sense of caring. But if, if a parent tries to solve the problem for the adolescent, it doesn't work very well. So uh, although it's a similar theme as with the toddler, where, again, the theme is that the person with disappointment holds the keys to the solution, the approach is a little different because we're not going to use the same language for an adolescent as a toddler. You, but you can be very direct and have the same sort of uh, process anyway. So in the case of your son, uh, by the way, when you mentioned that he uh, had an uh, you know, a glitch during nationals, my heart stopped. <laughs> skipped a beat. I, I'm amazed that, uh, first of all, congratulations. That, oh, that thank you. Was I was more upset than he was. What? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> see, we, we often feel things differently. We have to. Everybody feels each situation in their own way. And parents often feel stronger about disappointments that their adolescents experience than they do. But sometimes it's the adolescents who feel more strongly. But in either case, in that situation, you could just be very direct with your adolescent and say, uh, boy, that, that looked like that could have been disappointing. Was that a disappointment for you? Now, that question opens up the same strategy of finding a ground of agreement. In this case, an adolescent is nearly an adult, so you use language more appropriate for an adult than a, than a child. Mm-hmm. And you could just directly ask whether that was a disappointment. And then if they're handling it well, there's not much else for the parent to do. But if you find your child struggling with that disappointment, then you can, you can open up the conversation and say, you know, what, what do you think would be a good approach uh, to deal with that disappointment? So again, you're turning it over, you're finding a point of agreement, and then you're turning the conversation over towards an open discussion of what the person who experienced the disappointment can do. Wow, that is absolutely great advice, Dr. Lavin. And something that all parents should so hear you, is, well, well, I mean, the way to talk to our teenagers when they suffer those disappointments or failing a test or, you know, any of those things that they go through. I'd like you to wrap it up. I'd like you to give us your best advice for parents listening on how they can help their kids cope with these setbacks that we all eventually will get to and how we can best help our children to deal with it and move on. Well, Melanie, you said it so well. Uh, We want to help our child do their best. We want to help them cope with their disappointments. So to wrap it up, I want to say, first of all, we all experience disappointments. They are not the same thing as traumas. They're a very positive and universal part of life. It's really how we learn. And secondly, when we help our child at any age with a setback, we want to uh, be a neutral observer initially. First step is always a neutral observation. And then secondly, open up the possibilities for the child to find their own solution. Because ultimately, only the person experiencing disappointment has the tools to solve their hurt feelings. 
It's very true. And thank you so much, Dr. Lavin, for coming on and sharing your incredible expertise. You've given parents a lot to think about, and thank you so much. And you know, all of our expert guests here at Healthy Children are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics in conjunction with their consumer website, healthychildren.org. This is Melanie Cole, and please share these shows with your friends. You can hear us on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, but we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. Thanks again, and stay well.